Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, this is Kat Lee, and today we're chatting with Laura Seibert about how we can parent without regret. Laura is a very, very special guest because I feel that so much of my life and my marriage and my family have been shaped by Laura and her husband. They they led our college ministry back when my husband and I were at Baylor, and, and now they lead the church that we attend here in Waco, and I have literally watched their children grow up, and they are truly amazing men and women of God, and I feel like we can learn so much from Laura today, and I'm excited to learn along with you. But before we jump into our chat today with Laura, I want to say a huge thank you to our show sponsor, Plan to Eat. Plan to Eat is an online menu planning site, and it makes recipe management and menu planning and shopping list making super easy. I've been using them for many years, and I absolutely love them. And I love that I can very easily make a menu plan for the week and automatically have a shopping list ready to go because the system does it for you. Walk into the store, get my stuff, and it's all available right there on my phone, or I can print out a list, whatever works best. Sometimes actually I will bring my phone and have my list there and then print out another copy of the list and give them to my older kids. And they'll go out on little, you know, we call them little expeditions to go get some of the things to make shopping a little bit easier and a little bit faster. So Plan to Eat is offering a free 30-day trial. So just go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action and give them a try. Now let's jump into our chat today with Laura Seibert. Hey, Laura, how are you doing today? Great. I'm doing awesome. How are you? I am doing better. I've actually not been well the past couple of weeks. Um, So this is my first day back in the saddle of just kind of getting back into a routine and stuff. So um, it sounds kind of sad, like, oh, no, Kat hasn't been well. But actually, it's been awesome because Jimmy, my husband, Jimmy. So (laughs) for those of you listening, we both have husbands named Jimmy. Um, So my husband, Jimmy, has been just amazing like he's he's made meal plans and gone to the grocery store and taking care of all the kids and getting them to school and stuff so um so while I haven't felt well it's actually been like a little vacation so it's been it's been good seriously okay be tempted not to fake sick (laughs) (laughs) right dreamy (laughs) yes well I'm also kind of Jimmy I know. Yay. I'm also a little humbled because I am not quite the nurturing caretaker (laughs) when he is ill. So I'm totally inspired to be better the next go around the next time he's sick. So seriously, how are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're in the hustle and bustle of wrapping things up because, you know, I have one at home in high school and then Mothers are in college or out. And so, you know, when you merge all the worlds back together, because mm-hmm. this is the holiday time, that it gets a little um, 
my rhythms have changed and yes. shifted. And so we're doing fantastic. But yeah, just awesome. readjusting, adjusting season. Well, I am super excited to have you on the show today. Uh, just for everybody listening. So, man, I guess I first met Laura... I don't know, like 20-something million years ago. Um, wow. When I came to Baylor, I went to church um, where she and her husband, I guess at the time, were the college pastors. Mm-hmm. And um, and just we've basically been in church with them <laughs> the rest of our lives. We, My husband Jimmy and I actually moved to Houston for a couple years, and we came back just because we missed our church and the people so much. Mm-hmm. And so um, just for those of you listening, I of all the people that I've ever interviewed— there are a few people that I could recommend with more integrity, just having mm-hmm. watched Laura's life, having seen her children grow up, um, the the wisdom and the things that she'll share in today's interview. I'm excited to hear, and I just fully, um, I guess, encourage to you guys to, to take with um, a lot of weight because her life really reflects mm-hmm. uh, the job that she's done as a mom and as a wife. And so I'm Really honored to have you on the podcast today. Um, just so to give everybody a little bit of an introduction to you, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your family? Yeah, well, that was a great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm humbled. Thanks for your encouraging words. Yes. Okay. So my husband, Jimmy, and I have been married for 29 years on Saturday. Oh, and fun. I know. And so um, we have four kids. Our oldest, well, I say five because our oldest is married, and I claim Kyle now as my own. So we have Abby. She's 25, and um, her and her husband live in Okinawa, Japan. He's in the Air Force, uh, lieutenant in the Air Force. And then we have another daughter. Her name is Lauren, and she is 23, currently at Baylor getting her master's in speech pathology. And then I have a 21-year-old son, our first son, Caleb. He is a senior at Baylor, um, graduating in May. And then we have a 17-year-old. His name is Daniel, and he's a junior in high school. So that's my family. And um, just a great, great, great blessed lady to have such, um, yeah, just blessed in general to have a family and um, to be able to partner with my husband, Jimmy. And I have been in ministry since 1986. We never planned on being in the ministry. We always wanted to be missionaries. That's when we met. We were going to go across the world. And um, in that process of getting ready to go, God called us actually to stay here in Waco, of all places, and um, be missional here. And in that process, we also to love the world and to send missionaries and be a part of ascending and training process of just reaching the lost and equipping believers. So that's kind of been our call the past 29 years. I love it. I love yeah. it. And, you know, I was, um, as I was reading your book, I read about just your struggle initially mm-hmm. when you became a parent for the first time with Abby. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, asking God, is this is this worth it? Is this the investment that I'm supposed to be making? Can you just kind of take us into that journey a little bit of, of where you were before you were a mom and then the struggle with just, I guess, owning your motherhood? That's good. Yes. Okay. So I have a story I share in the book 
But um, when I, I only babysat once, when I was 12 years old, my um, neighbor had to go away for, um, I guess, a meeting of some sort. And she called my mom and asked if I would come over and watch their baby. And my mom volunteered me. And I felt pretty confident because I did have baby dolls and we have been, um, I've done very well dressing them and rolling them around in their stroller and their various things. They were really good. They, they were awesome baby dolls. <laughs> and so I took it on. So I went over there and of course the lady assured me, my mom assured me she'd be home if I needed her. And the lady left. Um, she was, the baby was supposed to sleep the whole time. So it's going to be just a pretty easy babysitting job. So we got there. She kind of showed me the ropes in case the baby woke up. And she left, and it was two-hour process. About an hour in, the baby starts crying. So I'm like, oh, so I go in there and kind of look around, and everything looked okay, but then I noticed the baby was wet. I was like, oh, I'm going to change the baby's diaper. Easy. Done this hundreds of times. So I, to my, my baby dolls, take the baby out. You know, this is the old school days of, you know, just the whole um, – cloth diapers and um, pens and all these different things. And so anyway, I ended up changing the baby's diaper. I get everything situated. We're all safe. We're doing good. But the baby starts squirming. You know, my baby's <laughs> never squirmed before. And so this is a new experience for me. I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what's going on? And so unfortunately, I when I did change the baby's diaper, I accidentally pricked the baby a little bit and it was traumatizing (laughs) for me. And it was, and it was like, oh my gosh, now the baby's screaming. I immediately call my mom. She runs over and helps me. Everything's fine. We tell the mom it wasn't that big a deal. She said she'd accidentally done herself before, but honestly, that was the end of my babysitting (laughs) career. So the beginning and the end happened in two hours of my life. And I honestly (laughs) never thought about that again, as far as being a parent, you know, um, I was going to get married and I guess somewhere in the process kids would come. But in my mind, I just wasn't one of those kids that thought about it all the time. Like, Oh, I just can't wait to be a mom and this is going to be awesome. And so when Jimmy and I got married, um, we were three years into our marriage and we thought, well, it's about time probably to start having kids. And I think we just, we didn't really plan it. We're like, well, we'll just see what God's going to do. Well, I ended up getting pregnant and, um, we had been working together, Jimmy and I, in the ministry. We had started training school, and so I had worked part-time and then also worked with him in discipling and equipping people to doing training for missions. That's what it was. You got out of college, and you took a year to do our Bible school, if you want to call it that. We also had missions included. That was the focus on it, that we would go overseas and um, just reach the lost. And so anyway, Jimmy and I had been working side by side together. Well, when I had Abby, um, I had her in December in the middle of the school. And so I did the best I could to bring her with me the first bit. But after a while, you know, it worked as a baby to sit in the class and be quiet and just nurse her and take care of her. But then she started like demanding more of my attention and time. And so I had to leave the school a lot and stay home. And then I found myself more and more at home. And my discipleship time, these one-on-one great times I was having with these girls were getting interrupted and I was exhausted. And it was just my time with God. I was as consistent as I could, but it wasn't as long as rich. And so anyway, after about a few months of this, Abby was about eight months old. And I remember just crying one day and saying, God, you know, is this worth it? I mean, I 
I wanted to change the world. I mean, we had a mission. I loved working with Jenny. And now this, I feel like I've been shelved. I really felt I had been shelved because life was just hard. And she was demanding so much of me. And I remember him really clearly just spending time with him and him saying, Laura, you know, he said, I want you, I want you to know this. I have now given you your disciples. I've given you the ones I want you to invest in. He said, of all the people in the world, I have ordained you for this creation of mine to partner with me, to raise this little one to love me and to follow me. And he said, in fact, if you invest in her and all the other ones I give you, just as much as you would invest in a college student and care just as deeply and realize this is just as valuable, he goes, you will exponentially reach the world more than you would not investing in them. And so I took that as a call of like, these are my new disciples and I'm going to, so Lord, show me how to do this. Cause I don't know, as you told, as I told you, I didn't really dream about being a mom. And so I was like, I don't know how to do this. And he goes, well, take my hand. Let's do this together. So that's kind of the beginning of my journey. Was that a kind of like a bright light in the middle of the road kind of situation where God just revealed it to you, changed your heart, and suddenly you had this heart for motherhood? Or was it more of a journey? Absolutely. It's great. You know, it, oh, completely a journey. But it gave me hope. I mean, mm-hmm. it was definitely a journey. I did not. Um, I just knew I had to change my mindset. So in one way, mm-hmm. it was a revelation because nobody had told me that. I hadn't been reading books about that. I just saw literally her more as slowing my life down, Mm -hmm. then how does this fulfill me? And so I had to start praying, God, then show me, fulfill me in this. And I would have to say that um, as I prayed those prayers, Lord, let me see my kids how you see them. Let me see motherhood how you see motherhood. Let me value it like you value it. Let me see even how this is my inheritance in the future. As I begin to pray that, he started giving me a heart for it, and it just grew. It grew to even to the place that I can't even tell you. It became my favorite place of all places, from coming from a place where I didn't even see the value of it to it becoming my sweet spot. Um, yeah, it was just a, it, it was a journey, but I had to ask him to show it to me. Well, I love hearing that story, and when I read it in the book, I was like, I'm so glad that she included this in here because, I don't know, it kind of, it was kind of a little bit of a vulnerable thing to share, I'm mm-hmm. sure, in a parenting mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's so many moms that feel that way. But the moms who feel that way and are really trying to learn how to be a better mom, probably, I mean, I don't feel like I did. I didn't encounter a lot of stories of moms who felt the same way, mm-hmm. um, that it was a struggle or that they, you know, just it just didn't click right away. Or they're like, what? I feel like I'm losing my life a little bit in the midst of it. And um, and I just really love that you shared that, and and not just that you shared that, and you were in you know as if you're writing this book twenty years ago, um, but you're sharing that story now on the other side of motherhood, mostly, mm-hmm. um, and and you have this wonderful legacy um, in your kids, and so yeah, I just really appreciated that vulnerability because it's not something that we really hear all that often that it is a struggle. Um, just mm-hmm. to to change your identity and to really understand God's heart for for being a mom. Yeah. You know, we're not perfect as moms. And I know that my kids knew it was hard at times, you know, but kids are so discerning. And when they know that you 
um, don't like being somewhere where you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they feel it. Mm-hmm. And so that would be my encouragement to any mom is just like, God, if you're feeling it's hard, I'm not saying every day was perfect. And I just love this every day. I mean, I had my girlfriends that I called and cried with. I begged for my mommy's time. I mean, we did, I did a mother's day out a couple of days a week for my kids to get my time to be able to breathe or, um, sleep or to shop or, you know, just or meet with a girlfriend to refresh myself, things that I needed to do to stay sane in the process of little bitties for sure. But, um, but an extra time with Jesus because mm-hmm. I needed that because kids know when you don't, um, want to be somewhere or if you don't value it, they feel it. Even if you're not saying it, even if you're on the outside, you're saying all the right things, they can read the spirit. And so that was my encouragement is we, I had to go deep until, so God spoke. I feel like he gave me a charge. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm seeing this difference. Somewhere I had picked up in my mind that parenting was a lesser, that mommyhood was a lesser call. And it was, you know, you, I found myself, even my verbiage changed. I don't know if I put this in the book. I don't think I did, but I remember people would say, well, what do you do for a living? And I would go, oh, just a mom. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I am not just a mom. I am a mom. And so um, when I, when, when that began to, when I could say it differently and look into a situation, even if I'm with extremely um, very successful other women, maybe in the corporate world or maybe innovative with, with, you know, being a manager of something or whatever other women did. And I, and it came around to like, what do you do with your day? I used to say, I get to be a mom and I love being a mom because I get the opportunity to be with my kids and invest into them and empower them to be able to like all that God created them to be. When I saw that I was a part of co-laboring with God and equipping a child to become an adult that will one day in the journey become who God created them to be and make their mark in history on what God had planned for them. It just became like, I, I'm in a partnership with the King of Kings and that really brought life to me. So I, so I would say when you got to get that revelation so your kids know in the ups and downs days that they have value and they're important and they'll feel it. So good. That's so good. I, I know that there's been a lot of times for me when Particularly, probably when I put my kids to bed, um, or mm-hmm. when I wake them up, because I love I love snuggling with them. And so I'll climb into bed with them, and I'll just be praying for them, or snuggling with them, or whatever. And I'll just feel like, you know, I would not trade this very moment for a Nobel Prize winning whatever, yeah. or a New York Times bestseller, or an Oscar, or just whatever accolades that the world could throw at me. Um, mm-hmm. It what I do might not look impressive to anybody else in the world, but this. Uh, there's just such deep contentment and deep worth, I think, in mm-hmm. owning motherhood and really seeing God's call in their little lives. And, you know, OK, this is mm-hmm. going to sound kind of dorky, but so like the iPhone came out shortly after I had kids. Uh-huh. And I remember um, somebody, a friend of mine actually was getting a new iPhone and I didn't have one at the time. And so she gave me her old, her old one. And I remember holding it and I was like, wow, this is so cool. It can do so much. I mean, this is just amazing because I've always been kind of a geeky kind of person <laughs> and I love technology. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, you know, not long after that, I remember just cuddling with one of my kids and I'm like, oh my goodness, the iPhone is kind of rid- not that I'm comparing my kid to an iPhone, but <laughs> but I just remember looking at my kid and be like, just really having a greater revelation of just the potential within my kids mm-hmm. Absolutely. of what God could do and mm-hmm. and how uh, impactful their lives could be and just the richness of 
day-to-day relationship with them. And it just, I just remember it kind of really blowing my mind and just looking at them and seeing them differently. That didn't necessarily carry out to every moment of every day following that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just remember just being like, wow, I get to shape this whole person. Mm-hmm. I get to just influence from everything from their little idiosyncrasies, like you you share in the book. Um, I was something about eating things in halves or something like uh-huh. that. My mom, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just the little idiosyncrasies to everything. And so it's just such a, I mean, it, it's a common thing to be a mom. Mm-hmm. But there is a richness and depth to it that I don't think that everyone gets to experience. And so I hope that those of you listening will just be inspired at a new level to really get God's heart for your role as a mom and the depth of power and influence that you can have in their lives. Absolutely. You know, in some of the best leadership books that you can read or um, strategy books, it always says when you're trying to order out your life, the, the first place you want to go is to say, okay, what are the things that only I can do? Mm. Those that need to be my most important things. Anybody else can do this and this and this, but what's only that I can do? And that's where I would say, and it not not to be a heavy, but you are the only one that, now other people can mom your kids, but you are their mom right? and nobody else can be their mom, you know? And so, um, I think that that was revelation to me too. It's like, I do have other people that invest in my pe- my kids' lives. I need them. I need their, their quality people that I trust invest in them, but I am their only mom. And so, um, just have just taking that on going so i need to make that as one of my toppest priorities and i get to and the even the best part is even if you feel vulnerable and weak in that is god knew that i mean you cannot god gave you this child and so he knew that you had everything you have inside of you with him to give that child what it needs and so, because he could have given that kid to somewhere else. Now, I don't know how that all works in the big picture, but he chose you to parent that creation of his. And so that was just exciting to me. And um, again, reminded that I can't do it by myself because mm-hmm. I'll ruin it. <laughs> but if I do it with him, it'll, it, with, when I do it with him and say, okay, what, God, what are you doing? How are you shaping this kid? How can I dream with you? How can I pray with you? What do you see when you do those types of things and you begin to see, morphing in front of you. Wow, God, look at all, like you said, Kat, all this potential inside of this um, this child. And it's mm-hmm. fun. It's mm-hmm. really fun to partner with. And, and, you know, along with that, what you were talking about earlier about just kind of struggling between missions and reaching the nations or sitting with somebody who is really important in the corporate world or whatever. As a mom, we will never, ever, however well we do our job or however poorly we do our job, we will never, ever be unimportant in our kids' lives. Absolutely. No matter how present or not present we are, we will never, ever be unimportant. And, you know, in any any other, any other sphere of our lives, anybody could take our place. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think moms sometimes say, I'm just a mom because they don't feel special. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that, I mean, they can never be, they can never be replaced. They can never be forgotten. And that's just such a, um, such a powerful reminder for something that can feel in the day-to-day so mundane and commonplace. So Absolutely. I love that. Um, well, one thing, well, first of all, mm-hmm. first of all, I can't believe I just compared my kid to an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> so there you go. It is, though. I mean, ending resource, these things, they, if I think about that, all their functions and, wow, 
amazing. I can see it. Um, one of my favorite parts of your book are the little quotes from your kids. Actually, I screen captured several of them <laughs> just because I, I think that they, I don't know, they're really, ins- they're not my kids, but they're totally <laughs> inspiring me to read and just, yeah, kind of um, just to pray, Lord, I pray that I would be able to be this for my kids and just kind of as an inspiration. Um, how how did it feel to you to have your kids share those things and then to, to read them in the book? Oh, Yeah. Precious. I mean, Terry, that's, of course, Jimmy's and mine favorite. Actually, we had pages and pages of quotes, and we had to just narrow down the ones that um, were applicable to what we felt like we were supposed to write about. But it was humbling and, I mean, honestly, a little teary, overwhelming to say, God, you're so faithful. You know, you are so faithful to um, have carried us through this whole journey. And, um, yeah, that would probably be my, it, it's just fun. It's fun to read the, the ownership they have with their walk with God. It was fun to, there was lots of times that Jimmy and I honestly would go, I hope this worked. <laughs> We'd be like, okay, let's try it and see this works. I think parenting, we fear so much. We, we live in so much fear that we almost don't want to do things mm-hmm. or risk or even risk to be different than the norm, whatever the norm is. And so we're, we're scared to um, be more intentional with our kids or in our journey. Like I think I know for sure the whole, um, there was, there was aspects of, like the purity chapter of really encouraging our kids to walk in purity, all the times that we said no to media, that I didn't let them um, have everything that everybody else had, that we didn't let them watch what all the other kids were watching, that we had to say no to certain friendships. We had to say no to certain, to tons of media that other people were watching. And, you know, as a parent, you're like, I know in my gut, this is right, but I'm really scared to go against the norm right now. God, this better work out. You know, Mm -hmm. there were so many moments that there were, uh, that was my journey. And so I think for me to go, oh yes, God. So you, I'm so thankful that I followed your leadership for to hear my kids say, thank you, mom and dad for, um, we don't struggle with what our friends struggle with now in college because they have so many friends that struggle with pornography and uh, uh, gaming and just things that are, are distractions to what they want to be like, but they've had all these habits formed in them because nobody told them no. And so we were telling them no in love with lots of explanation and lots of relationship. Like our biggest thing is you can't say no you can't have rules without relationship. You have to have relationship. And that relationship, again, comes with time and it comes with value. If they know they're valued, you are worth this relationship, then they'll follow you. They'll mm-hmm. trust your lead, not perfectly, but they'll, with discussion, they'll trust your leadership. And so I think when I um, read those quotes to answer your question, I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful I didn't bow to fear or insecurity, not that you're saying I didn't do it perfect. There were those times that I was like, ah, wished we hadn't done that, you know, but as a rule, as a common pattern, it was Holy Spirit, is this, what do you think about this? Does this line up with what we're trying to put into our kids? And if it didn't, then we had to courageously say, you can't do that and make, you know, um, like I say, if I told them a no, I did the best I could to make something else special for them. So they didn't feel like they were always missing out. But now to hindsight, hear my kids say, thank you, because I see a whole generation of kids, their parents 
didn't say no and they're struggling. Mm-hmm. And so there was moments, I think moments in parenting that you are, you're taking a risk, especially if everybody else isn't doing it. And um, that's probably the most uh, gratifying place. Like, oh God, okay, you did it. <laughs> you know, and I, sometimes I didn't know what this was going to turn out to look like. So was, that would probably be one of my thoughts on that one. Was there a big difference? I, I'm not tracking in my head. I don't have a timeline with technology and then your kids' ages. But was there a big difference between parenting Abby and now oh. parenting Daniel as far as technology and all that goes? And how have you adjusted to that? Absolutely. That's probably my biggest um, um, that's the word I'm looking for. When I do parenting talks and when I'm around watching parenting today, that is probably I feel for this generation raising smaller children because of the competition and the availability of media and internet and opportunities. And it was just so much simpler. So yes, when I had Abby, we had, we didn't have cell phones. We had VHSs, you know, and it was, you had to go to the library or go buy something to get, you had to be intentional to go get something for them to watch, you know? And so now it's just a a tap and a click and a pull up. And I think it's a lot more challenging, even with my son, Daniel, just um, we didn't, my teenage kids in high school didn't have iPhones, you know, and so now they, they're, they're available so easily. And so our process of, has been much more, even with Daniel, very, our 17 year old, super intentional, a lot more explanation and challenging to keep up with what he has what he can get his hands on, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it takes a lot of communication. It takes a lot of heart talking. It takes a lot of why behind the what, and a lot of going, I mean, all going to the scriptures and saying, you know, how can we honor God with our life? And how can we honor God with this tool that we now have in our hand? How are we going to do this? You know, definitely very different. And, you know, and I think that's really what it comes down to. I've seen lots of New resources for parents today as far as technology goes, which, you know, which are great, like just different things like on the Kindle Fire where you can have, I think it's called like Kindle Free Time, where you can limit what they have Mm -hmm. access to and and all those things. And I think all of those things are great. But I think that the biggest tool, because kids are smart and technology is ever changing, um, I think the biggest tool that we have as parents is um, just praying for them and that conversation that you're talking Mm -hmm. about and keeping that relationship. I love what you said about there's no rules without relationship and, um, and relationship is time and making sure that the kids know that they're valued. Ah, Man, that's just, Mm -hmm. that's parenting wisdom, like in a nutshell. (laughs) But that, and it's the hardest things we're fighting for time. Mm -hmm. And you know, speaking of value, I want to tag on that just for a second, because you said that I think one of the, not only just getting that revelation in your own heart. So if you're a mom out there that you have the most important job in the whole world. And I say, just take it, you know, and say, okay, God, we're going to do this together. And, um, don't let anybody else tell you you're not a good mom or you can't be a good mom. And don't let anybody tell you it's not important because, you know, it is, um, when you come later in life and you look back, you'll find out that's the most um, precious thing to you or your children. But And so get that revelation of value inside of your heart for them. But then also I think um, just speaking identity of your kids and that they have – that God made them for a purpose. 
And when they begin to know when they're little bitty that, you know, you have purpose on this earth. You were created by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he made you for a reason. And he has some awesome plan for your life. And my job as mommy is to help you um, discover that you know, and to help you know how much, how much you're loved by God. And I would say, you know, in the, in the craziness of life, that is one of the easiest and most powerful tools we have as parents that take the least bit of time because time's what we're always all just challenged with Mm -hmm. is using your words to speak identity into your children. Um, it's not hard. It just, takes intentionality so you're calling your little boys like you know cat you said you wake up they wake up and you call them like we'd walk in and call them hello good morning men of god you know and just laying it on there and you got you are you're precious now we're not we're not making them the center of our world and we're not making them run our world but we're empowering them with who god says they are you know god's got a plan for your life you know and do you know just you know calling out what you see inside them those the identity of who they of who God made them to be and I would say just to parents that's one of the um, things that the easiest that you can do and it's the most impactful because we run into so many students now in college that their parents you know we flippantly use our words to shame our kids or and we don't mean to we just kind of don't think those really matter but those label those kids and so many college students I still run into just say my parents never believed in me or told that about me or I never thought I could do that I always felt like I was a mess up and I think we as parents forget how important our words are and they're the most easiest to give because they take the least amount of time but how we use them is very important what are some practical things that you did to I mean you shared about um you know just calling your your sons just men of God what are some other things that you did just on a, on a daily basis to speak identity over your sons and your daughters yeah, exactly. Well, we, you know, always open the scriptures up and I definitely had different ones. That I was praying over them that they knew that I was praying for them. But when our kids were little, when they were in my my stomach, actually, we, you know, we'd say we spent time. We said, OK, God, how do you see this kid? And so you can do that anyway in the process, even if you're like, oh, great. I missed that. We didn't do that. <laughs> you can do that today. You can stop right now and sit on the floor and say, God, how do you see my kid? And each of my kids, we had a different promise from God over them. And so I would speak that. So like our oldest, Abby, her name is Amy Abigail, which means father's joy. And her second name is Abigail. She was a, a beautiful countenance and full of wisdom. And we felt like that she would be a servant. She would be a servant to others. And so, you know, I just used, I knew that's who Abby was supposed to be. And so I used those opportunities to say, um, to give her opportunities. So I'm like, Abby, you're such a servant, you know? And I said, like, I see you. When I'd see her doing something good, serving my guy, that's who you are, babe. Didn't you get joy out of that? You know, she'd come back happy from something that she made a cake for a friend or that she helped somebody at school. And I would just hear that story and capitalize on it and say, you know, God created that, you way, that way, Abby. You were made to um, come alongside people and make them better. And that's there's such a great gift in that, you know, or... Just using opportunities to, if you hear your kid do something um, successful at school or or um, you just label them, there. not label, I hate to say label, that's hard, but you just call it out of them. Right. Our, sec- our second one is 
um, has more of a leadership gift on her life. And so, but she struggled with that. If you heard her story, she was super shy. And um, actually, I had a teacher partner with me in helping um, her get over some of her shyness and put her in. Talked the other day about a time when she was a kid. She loved this one teacher because we, I was in a, her teacher and I would talk about some things that we were working on with our kids. I did that with all my teachers, their teachers. And she said that, um, you know, Lauren, I go, my Lauren, I know that she is called to be a leader, you know, in some way. I don't know how that's going to look, but she's got leadership gifts inside of her. But her teacher's like, well, she's super shy at school. And, um, but she goes, I see it too. And so it's interesting. They put her, she put her in a small group and made Lauren be the leader. Now we didn't push her. She just coached her and helped her. And Lauren did a great job. And it was, and I remember her coming home. She's like in fourth grade and she talked about how she was leading this circle. And so I would help her. We would talk to her and Jimmy about how to do that. And it became a real successful place for her. Like they actually followed her and the teacher helped them follow. And then from that point on, it was like, Lauren, you know, you do, you, you have a real gracious gift of helping people get to the next place in life. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's what a leader is. A leader actually is a servant. It's helping people get better. And so just speaking that to her in different situations. So she'd go somewhere new. I'd say, okay, remember Lauren, you know, you have the gift of leadership on your life. And so use that to help people get better. Look for those opportunities. So you're giving them mission wherever they're going and you're helping them see who they are and to walk it out. And so does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And just as you share that story, it makes me think, uh, you know, just we do so much in parenting to prevent bad things. Mm -hmm. Um, But the simple act of speaking that over Lauren, and then when she goes out, just reminding her of who she is, and that gives her a whole different perspective on whatever situation she's walking into. Absolutely. And how she handles any interaction and everything. And you didn't have to do any of the negative parenting of what, I mean, you know, at some point you, you have to, you know, share with them the do's and the don'ts, whatever. But, you know, it's not like you're sending her out the door saying, okay, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Mm -mm. But you're saying, this is who you are. Live it out. This is who God's called Mm -hmm. you to be. Live it out. And man, that's, that's what's going to resonate with her. And that's what's going to lead and guide her. And I think that that is just powerful right there. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they don't fail and mess up. Right. There's lots of grace for that, and we're there to walk them through all those things. But I think I think what I see lacking in um, the temptation, all of us, and I'll speak from my own life, just because I share my story, but my um, just not being coached myself, you know, just kind of surviving. I had great parents that took care of me, but they really didn't invest in me, if you want to say it that way, mm-hmm. and not because they didn't want to, they just didn't know how to, nobody told them. And so I think with um, us as parents is, yeah, what you were sharing is we can invest in them by um, just, yeah, speaking, you can go do this, you know, and then they mess up and we talk it through, but giving them encouragement that they are, um, that they have a mission. I think mm-hmm. that's what we lack. I think kids these days lack mission. They just like, why am I here? What am I existing for? But if they can be given a mission, even if they're simple of going to school, then they can, um, they'll thrive and they'll rise up to it. I love that. Um, Laura, where can people find your book? Okay, great. They're uh, currently, at, um, it's called parentingwithoutregret.info. And are you online? I know Jimmy. Jimmy has Twitter. Do you do anything mm-hmm. online? That that site. 
Yeah, that site right there, starting in the new year, we're working on a blog coming up. So okay. we're okay. just we're beginning the process of doing that. So awesome. at and this point, that'll happen. I know there was a video series up. Is that mm-hmm. still up there and available for people to yes. check out? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's still on that same site. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, great. Man, Laura, I just really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show and to share with all the moms out there that are either, you know, maybe going for a run right now or folding laundry or what washing dishes, whatever you may be doing. Um, I hope that what Laura shared was a blessing and an encouragement to you. And I just really appreciate you taking the time out to to share with them today. Awesome. Well, thank you for talking to me. Appreciate it. We bless you and thank you for all that you do for your listeners and all moms just encouraging them. It's such a gift. Thank you for doing that. Well, for those of you listening, I definitely recommend reading their book. Um, like I said, I just cannot recommend just who, I mean, just recommend them as people highly enough. And so to have a whole book of their parenting wisdom, I know everybody in my church has been clamoring for this book for years and years and years. And so that it's <laughs> finally out. And I will say it is a really, really um, easy read, meaning that in the best way possible. Like it's, <laughs> it was, I mean, I get a lot of books to read mm-hmm. um, for the podcast and stuff, but this one was just so easy to read through. I love how it goes back and forth between, you know, Jimmy sharing some stuff and you sharing some stuff. And it's all just, um, you know, I know I have had a lot of parenting books that I've read that I'm like, okay, I need to put this down for a while, but <laughs> uh, just felt like a lot. And um, I just love how naturally it's written and how easy it is um, to read. So I appreciate that as a mom, you know, who's busy and doesn't always have huge chunks of time. <laughs> I know those of you listening will probably appreciate that as well. So thank you. Thanks. Well, just make sure, even though it says parenting around the grit, the tag is the most important part to me because. We all do have regrets. I have regrets. Those little things that you hear and you're like, oh, like I think about scrapbooking and I go, oh, (laughs) I have no pictures. How many times have I said, God, would you video this? And when we get to heaven, we're all going to laugh about it because I am a terrible picture taker. So I have regrets. We all have regrets. But the tagline is parenting with purpose and not perfection. And that's what this is about. It's about just that's what I think um, I want to encourage parents to do is God's given you a role. Just um, use it. Use it to um, be intentional with your kids and not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but be intentional. Mm-hmm. And so that's what my most important part of it is. So thanks. I'm glad it's an easy read. That's what we want it to be. Just oh. kind of a yeah. lighthearted, get conversation started, get you and your spouse sitting down together going, what are, what are those big rocks that we want to put into our family so um, when we look back years and years from now, those are in there, mm-hmm. and we don't have regret there. Well, and, you know, and I think that's a great um, – another great reason for moms to get this book too because it's written by both you and Jimmy. And so I know a lot of parenting books, at least a lot of the ones that I get, are written by women. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I just love that Jimmy's voice is in there uh, along with yours and it's just kind of goes back and forth. And so I think a lot of the, um, moms listening, you know, it's a great book to get and read along with your husband, uh, cause he'll be able to relate to a lot of what Jimmy shares and you'll be able to relate to a lot of what Laura yeah. shares. And it's just, it's a good one. Great. Awesome. All right. Well, Laura, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and thanks again for being on the show. All right. Thank you. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. 
Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts.